Welcome to Season 4 of the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises. This podcast is for teachers who are considering leaving education but feel like they have no options. I'm your host, Elizabeth Diakos. I'm a career transition coach who guides overwhelmed teachers through a five-step process out of education and into a life they love. I'd like to see a world where the work of teachers is valued and respected and that teachers have a career pathway that enables them to continue to offer value to society beyond their work in the classroom. So in this season, we'll be speaking to other experts who help people to change careers, as well as a few ex-teachers who forged a pathway into something new. So come along for the ride as we get out of teaching. Episode 7. Hi everyone and welcome to the show. On today on today's show, I'm very pleased to be interviewing Jonathan Lalos from CEO Self Plus Plus. And Jonathan is a disability coach uh, and he helps people build their capacity, their life skills and uh, their career skills so that they're able to live independently. Welcome to the show, Jonathan. Thanks for coming on the Get Out of Teaching podcast. Hi, and thanks for having me. So, Jonathan, I, I feel like I've told everyone what you do. Um, what does a day in the life of Jonathan look like? Uh, well, no two days are the same, really. Um, so as a small business owner, I do quite a lot of different things. I wear so many different hats. Uh, so one day I could be doing some marketing. Uh, do, I do a lot of uh, networking on LinkedIn. Um, another day I could have a session um, with a client uh, helping them prepare for a job interview. Uh, at the moment, I'm also helping another client set up a small business. Uh, so working with them with some local business advisors to um, get the foundations in place for that, um, all the way through to handling crises. So if clients uh, is having a bit of a crisis, then I'll work with my team and um, external teams, external agencies, um, psychologists, um, mental health professionals uh, to help resolve those issues make sure that we have a positive outcome uh, so yeah there's there's no real typical day in the life it's basically I get thrown in the deep end each morning but I love what I do and I wouldn't have it any other way it sounds like you're very fulfilled in your work uh, actually as you were talking I'm like oh I work with people to help them find new jobs and also set up small business if that's what they decide to do. So when the client comes to me, they they say, I want to get out of teaching, but they don't always know what's going to be next. And so, yeah, it sounds like we have actually quite similar days. Um, so we were talking just before we started the recording about um, the kinds of clientele that you're working with. Do you want to, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so our target demographic is people with um, autism and other um, mild to moderate intellectual disabilities. But so we started around the age of 15 as they're leaving school, mm-hmm. uh, anywhere up to 22 is our main um, target. But we do have a few clients that are above that age, so in their 30s and 40s. So whoever needs help, um, we're willing to provide assistance as long as we're able to actually provide a benefit to them. Right. And you're registered with the National Disability Insurance Scheme, so you're able to that they, they get funding to use however they like and that's your one of the services they access. Is that how that works? Uh, so we're not actually registered with the NDIA, but we can take on self and plan managed participants. Right. Uh, so we, we did, I've been working with a um, 
an NDIA um, small business consultant over the past two years or so. And we came to the conclusion that it's not really viable for us to uh, invest the money to become certified given the target demographic and moving away from agency managed participants to more the self and plan managed. But we still do have a lot of the quality controls in place. And there is still the NDIA code of conduct that we abide by. Right, I see. So, uh, so it sounds like you're servicing a similar community, but maybe the ones who are uh, making that decision for themselves that they want to develop their capacity using help like yours. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So people that want more flexibility. So there's a lot less flexibility when it comes to working with NDIA uh, registered providers. So because there's that limited subset, but there is a lot of a lot more flexibility outside of that. Right. Okay. Interesting. So one of the things that that when I saw your when you sent me your bio um, when I put the call out for people to come on the podcast for this season was that you're working in this disability sector. And I felt that often I come across teachers who've been maybe in the in the career for quite a long time and they've got some significant mental health issues as a result of either bullying or just being burnt out and overwhelmed uh, and they feel like they have limited capacity to move into a new career. And I just thought I, I could just see a resonance there with what with the work you're doing. Um so I guess what what are the kinds of things that you do to help someone build capacity when they they feel like maybe they're you know behind the eight ball and they're not really in a good position to represent themselves? Yeah. So one of one of the most important things, uh, or a couple of most important things, are building confidence and also tapping into what um, what someone loves doing. So what. One of the core principles I work on is a Japanese concept called Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of that. I have heard of that. Actually, one of my very first career transition clients uh, pointed me to the book about that. Okay. Did you want me to give you a quick overview? Please do. Yeah, I think that'll be really great for our listeners. Thanks. Okay. So it's basically made up of four uh, elements. Uh, The first one is something you love doing, uh, something you're good at doing, uh, something you can be paid to do, and something the world needs. And then where all those four things intersect, that's your ikigai. Nice. Okay. So how do you help people find that? Because that seems like a big ask. It is. It is. Uh, So we we run them through a series of um, exercises. So we do quizzes. Um, Also, another one is uh, work experience. So we're starting up a work experience program uh, where we do we have a participant and they'll work in different uh, businesses, different local businesses, and just give them a taste of what they like to do. And also we get to know them a bit more through interviews as well. So uh, get to find out what their daily routines are, uh, some of their hobbies, and like we'll participate, uh, like sit side by side with them while they do their hobbies and just see what really makes them tick. And then once we find something that makes them tick, then uh, we work to leverage off that um, and then do some confidence-building exercises um, such as the work experience which, as well. Right. And so with that Ikigai principle, those principles, do you find that that people are able to find something that actually does really make their heart sing when they go into their work? It's not an instantaneous process. So it does take 
quite a bit of time to find that. It took me 37 odd years to find mine, <laughs> which is in the work I'm doing now. Um, but with the exercises that we do, it sort of uh, accelerates that a little bit, uh, also with the work experience as well. Mm. And so what, what did you do before you were, you were doing this? So I used to, I've done many things in, in, my, in my past life. So I've started doing as a refrigeration mechanic, done computer repairs, real estate, taxi driving. Uh, then I moved into corporate IT. Uh, so I've done IT implementations, IT support. Uh, then I moved to IT projects and did some work for the within ACT education and uh, doing some uh, big scale, large scale IT rollouts there. And I, it was a toxic environment, so I've got mental health issues myself and the environment I was working in really, I guess, aggravated that. Yeah. Uh, we had new uh, management and uh, basically went from a really good place to work to a place with really high turnover and my mental health went downhill and I wanted. I basically wanted to jump ship. I've always had a bit of an entrepreneurial flair. Mm-hmm. Um, so three years ago, I started a, a second, the, another business that I'm running, which is uh, selling Lego online. And so I basically started doing that, um, which led me into my current business through my friend's son, uh, who's on the autism spectrum. Wow. Okay. And you're selling Lego online. Yeah. As, as a like a distributor or a second hand no so it's new so what we do is we buy the sets uh, then we separate the parts and we sell the parts uh, to people who want to build stuff like what they see on tv like on lego masters oh okay so you're creating like new sets yeah yeah nice that's yeah, really clever and i imagine that there's a market for the the weird pieces yeah so they're, they're always coming out with new pieces and there's also the little um minifigs so the miniature figurines um they they can be quite some of them can be quite hard to find and so there's there's quite a bit of demand for those as well Hmm. how innovative and is that is that business going well yeah yeah so that's being basically being run from my by my friend's son who's doing the day-to-day operations right Uh, so we started i started him off a few years ago when she approached me, he was having behavioural issues at school. Um, he didn't really fit in at the special school he was in, but he wasn't getting the support that he needed at the um, learning support unit at a different uh, mainstream school. Right. Um, so I took him on, started doing some work experience with him, starting with very basic skills like um, separating Lego and then built, built him up over three years to the point where he's running day-to-day operations he can fill orders, um, and he's also teaching others to do what he does. Fantastic! And so, I guess you realised when you while you were doing that that this could be a career for you as well. Yeah, yeah. So I was part of a masterminding session um, back in December two thousand and nineteen, and that's where we came up the idea for Self Plus Plus. Wow! So you've only been doing this for a couple of years, yeah. not even. Yeah. But, wow! Um, in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, but I've got a lifetime of experience. Right, of course. Yeah, that's great. Wow, that's amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So yeah. um, getting back to my teachers who might be feeling 
um, a bit sidelined by maybe because they've been, uh, like a lot of the people I work with are women who've been mm-hmm. out of the workforce for big chunks of their life, having children or, you know, or, or being underemployed or on contract or, you know, for whatever reason, they've often missed big chunks of, you know, a potential career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then they don't have a lot of superannuation. They feel like they need to keep working uh, for longer may- maybe than they really want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they they also don't want to be teachers anymore, and so they will kind of wake up one morning and go, I've got to get out, but I don't know what else to do, and I don't know how to create something new for myself. What advice would you give to someone in that position? Because I'm sure you see similar things in your sector, even though the clientele might be quite different. Yeah, I guess ask yourself what what could you do that you wouldn't need to be paid for? Uh, what's something you love doing every day that and that comes back down to the ikigai concept? Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading a, a um, saying earlier by Mark Twain, if you love what you do, um, you never have to work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great uh, quote. Yeah, so just tap tap into what you love doing um, and have faith in yourself. Um so I've, despite all the hardships that I've endured in the past with mental health issues and uh, the, um, I guess, autism, like undiagnosed autism, um, I've, it's taken me a long time to build up the confidence and it's by being able to hang out with the right people um, that I've got to the point where I am now where I'm confident in running my own business and I guess taking the extra steps that I am to help others um, so I guess another big one is hanging out with the right people read the right books a lot of self-development stuff mm. um, and so apart from Ikigai what else have you read recently that might be good good for our listeners to to tap into uh, I think the the book that started it all for me down the self-development path was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Oh, yes, yep. That's a, an oldie but a goodie. And also another one that's had a real big impact on my life is The Slight Edge. The Slight uh, Edge. I haven't heard of that one. Who's the author? Oh, hang on. I'll look that up. It's been a while since I've read it. Uh, Jeff Olson. Jeff Olson. Jeff with a J? Yeah, Jeff with a J, yeah. Uh, okay. And what was it about the slight edge that, that sort of resonated with you or had an impact? So the slight edge, it's it's basically you're, you're at a tipping point and you could either go 1% better each day or you could be 1% worse each day. So you don't have to take one huge step to get to where you, you want to be, if you just take a little bit each day, just like 1% each day, mm. over 365 days, that adds up to be around 370% better. But if you go down 1% each day, then like, for example, it's just it's about building the right habits. Um, so if you start smoking or drinking alcohol or doing other bad things, so your life will go down, down, down. But if you take good, like, positive steps, uh, reading books, 
uh, just taking action um, towards what you want to achieve um, just bit by bit it'll compound over time it's like compound interest mm. um, like you might not see it at the time but you look back to where you were one month two months three months ago then you'll see that you've actually come quite a long way yeah yeah that actually that really rings true for me I about this time last year I started on a like a health and fitness program and the the coach said to me um you need to do 5,000 steps a day like before breakfast so not in the whole day more than that for the day but before breakfast so that's about 50 minutes of walking and it wasn't you had to walk like you said you can't just like get on a push bike or something, you've got to walk. And I'm like, oh, it's winter, it's cold, it's dark, and it's Melbourne, so it's raining as well. And it's just like really unpleasant. And I do that every day now. Like I just, it, the habit's there now for me. And this morning I I went for a bit of a walk um, because I knew it was going to rain. So I had a, a, a bit of a walk and then I came home and I'm like, oh, <clears throat> It's still pretty early and it's not raining yet. I'm going to go again. <laughs> so, so it's um, like by lunchtime I'd done 16,000 steps because wow. it was just like, it was such, you know, I can do it. I've got time and it's not raining. And so it was just such a nice start to the day. You know, I feel really like, look at me go. And so even though, um, you know, the weight loss aspect hasn't been quite as successful as uh, I'd hoped, the fitness aspect has really picked up. And I, I had, I was sick earlier this year for many weeks, um, just with a, you know, a cold, um, and uh, and my heart rate started to creep back up, and it's just creeping back down again now. So I'm really pleased about that too. So there's other ways to measure success than just weight loss. In my case, there's the heart rate and the fitness, and you know the other things. So mm. yeah, great, great point. So Jonathan, um, I guess I want to ask you. If you said that if someone's working towards a goal, that idea of the slight edge is really important. Mm -hmm. Um, If you were thinking about, you know, a teacher, sorry, I'm just going to, sorry, just my voice just decided to go. Um, So a lot of the teachers, as I said before, are, are sort of, feeling overwhelmed, they're stressed, it's hard for them to see possibilities. How would you structure a day? Like what do you suggest to people who are maybe going to, they've already left or, excuse me, they've gone out on disability or something like that um, because they've got mental health issues after being bullied in the workplace or just the the stress? Mm -hmm. Um, how, How can you structure a day when you don't actually have a job? Have you got any suggestions or help for that? idea so i've got another book suggestion uh it's called the miracle morning uh find out can't remember Uh, it's hal elroy i think it was Uh, hal elrod so the miracle morning by hal elrod okay is he the guy that says to make your bed uh, I think there was a military guy. So how um, basically what he does in the morning, uh, he does quite a few different things, and for me that varies a bit. One of the things that helps out quite a lot, especially when I'm in a um, 
a slump, like a mental health slump, is meditation. So make time to get up early, do some meditation, do a bit of exercise, get into nature. Um, that that has helped me quite a lot in the past uh, come out of my anxiety slump. So that's like insomnia, stress-related. Uh, um, but And just taking time out for yourself, to look after yourself. Okay. And so if you had a day like stretching out ahead of you where there was nothing mm-hmm. like because you, you you're not employed and i mm-hmm. you know i talked to lots of people in this situation how how do you like so in the morning you might you know go for a walk as you say get into nature mm-hmm. that's the morning covered then what how do you structure your whole day like it's hard if you if you don't know where to begin um so i like to begin with the end in mind uh, so in my business, I use a planning process which starts off with the purpose of my business. And so the purpose of my business is to help um, neurodiverse people succeed. And then that works down to our 10-year mission, uh, which is a, what's called a big, hairy, audacious goal. And so that's um, to have a certain amount of revenue to help a certain number of people in 10 years. And that's something that scares the pants off me and that should scare the pants off me. Uh, And then I break that down. I do an annual planning for my business once a year and then that gets broken down into quarterly and then that gets broken down into uh, weekly and daily goals. And so this is exactly where the slight edge comes into it. So by doing, uh, say, three weekly goals that link into my quarterly goals, uh, that's sort of, that's that 1% towards that goal and then that's, helping me move more towards my um, my 10-year goal um, and then I'll adjust that uh, as necessary. So I, I basically base my day, uh, so I've got operational stuff at the moment, but it's just do something that moves you towards your goals. And if you don't know what those goals are, then take some time out, have a think about the things that you love doing, whether it's painting or something you did as a kid, uh, hobbies that you like doing. Um, just find a way uh, that can, that some, something that I guess lights you in a fire and then set those goals and then work backwards and then do something each day that contributes towards those goals. I love it. A really nice systematic approach. Yeah. So really the only way you can do that is if you have a goal in mind. Yeah. You can't just be sitting on the couch without a goal. You've got to no. actually come up with something. Yeah. yeah, I like that. Thank you. That's very helpful. And it sounds like really good business practice too to to think about those things. So I was listening to a, um, Glenn Carlson's podcast uh, oh, often, um, but he often talks about how we think we'll get uh, – more done in a, a day that we, than we actually can, but we get more done in a year than we think we will. So we, we're always more productive over the course of a year than we think we will be, but in a day we often uh, overestimate how, how good we're going to be. So yeah. I like the idea of um, having those small goals that, that contribute to your quarterly and then your yearly goals. Nice one. Yeah. All right, so as we wrap up this interview today, Jonathan, I'm just going to ask you one final question. What's okay. your favourite song? Uh, it's, probably, it's a bit of an obscure one, but it's called uh, Ax- it's by Axie and it's called Raptor Attack. 
and it's more, uh, I guess, uh, dubstep dance music sort of thing. Um, so I like a lot of very fast music uh, without words in it. Um, it's probably, there's probably some ADHD in there, again, undiagnosed, but um, <laughs> I'm always, my brain's always going, 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 going. And just I just love listening to really fast-paced music that um, has has really good beat and I can just dance along to. Or so it's energizing for you. Is that what where I'm what I'm hearing? Yeah, yeah. Hmm, nice. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, and thank you for all the work you do. I it's really interesting, and um, I guess I, I feel really privileged to talk to someone who's working in this space because I think. Uh, there's a, a, a young man at, at a, the church that I go to who's um, trained to be an audio technician. Um, COVID happened. He lost the job that he'd lined up and he just can't find more work and it's so frustrating. And yet, you know, to talk to him, he's he's bright as a button. He's got a physical disability. You wouldn't even know. And he, it's so frustrating for him. Like, And I just think, wow, look at you doing this work and helping people actually find that ikigai that you spoke about and being able to have a fulfilling and productive life where you're really increasing their capacity and helping them to become independent. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Jonathan. No worries. Thank you. You've been listening to the Get Out of Teaching podcast presented by Larksong Enterprises with your host, Elizabeth Diakos. Do you know someone else who could benefit from hearing more stories of hope and transition from teachers all around the world? Please take a moment to share this and other episodes via your podcast app. Each share helps me reach listeners just like you who can benefit from this content. The Get Out of Teaching podcast is proud to be part of the Experts on Air podcast network. For show notes and other resources, please visit larksong.com.au forward slash podcast.